Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 327 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you uh, on the eve, well, not even on the eve, on the day of 9-11. Um, and, you know, let's honor the tr- the people that um, fell during 9-11. It was a very traumatic day. And let's honor the people that, you know, the firefighters that were responsible and for saving lives but also you know had to sacrifice themselves in order to save those lives so but i guess would you call this a a holiday i would just say a day of remembrance yeah i would say a day of remembrance i wouldn't say a holiday at all yeah um so yes uh the day we we all know not um 9 11 uh on 2001 the u.s was attacked by um terrorists and uh, it was a very traumatic day for the U.S. And let's honor those who fell during the during during that day, and you know carry on their memory. And uh, yeah, to just awkwardly move off of that, that is not the reason why we're doing an episode today. A very weird way to open, of course. But uh, yeah, we're going to talk some basketball, um, and like later on some football and wrestling because why not? Uh, let's open with this. Uh, so. Team USA loses to um, Germany in spectacular fashion and then follow that up by not even winning bronze and getting knocked out by Shea Gorgeous Alexander and won 39 points from Dylan Brooks. Yeah, that's that's disappointing. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I, I forgot to check the bot score, but how many frees did Dylan Brooks hit? Oh, I actually didn't. I actually didn't check. I just knew he had thirty nine. And I'll say this: I don't care what the number is. Look up the number for me. I don't care what the number is. I would have just given him those threes. Like you live and die by Dylan Brooks, you're actually more or less gonna live. Like it's not a it's not a bad plan at all. But he happened to just shoot very well that day. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, I'm still trying to look it up. Okay. Um, well, either way, it's a bit of an embarrassing result. You know, I, I hate to say it this way, but like the excuse machine, like started to fall from fall from a lot of people. Like they're all saying like the U.S. doesn't have the talent. Like they're, we're not sending over the A team. The world has gotten better. Look, those are valid arguments. The U.S. still has the most fucking talent, most talented fucking roster in in any country right now. Like when, like when is like your entire starting lineup full of like you know upper tier stars? And at a certain point, like is is it the players? Like do they just not gel very well? Is there not enough time? Is it the coaching? Like it's just weird how they just cannot find a way to function as a team and utilize the talents of everyone on the team to you know to form to to be better than the sum of their parts but they always fall short basically and i don't know what it is yeah it's hard to say i mean i personally haven't seen a game from them fully uh in quite some time because i mean literally the last game that i watched was pretty much a blowout but seeing the bot score i mean it's well one we're not hitting shots i don't know if it's good shots by any means but for some odd reason i'm looking at dylan brooks uh three-point shots and he was seven for eight this game 
yeah, so it's just one of those games where he hit some shots. And honestly, he could have he he could have been eight for eight or like all eight shots, you know, wide ass open. Probably give give it to them. Probably give it to him every single time because he is not a good shooter. And this fucker will shoot. And it's one of like the biggest. It, it, it's usually a liability. But in this game, it was an asset. And let's not let's not also forget for whatever reason. I don't know why the U.S. just don't do this better look they were hunting austin reeves like crazy and it is what it is he's the weakest defender out there and you know smart teams will hunt him at a certain point just just do a trap like i don't know if they did it i didn't watch enough of the game to know if they trapped but like it just felt like every single time the uh, the germany or canada would get a switch on austin reeves and they would go to work and get a bucket like at a certain point you got to be more flexible you know, and you, you see how, you know, surgical, like some of these international teams are at hunting the U.S. Like, why not do it on the other end? Like, find find the closest white guy and hunt him. <sighs> yeah, I mean, at this point, cut is what it is. Hopefully, something might come out from this and... I guess would that be a good transition to that, that is a pretty good transition yes although again still i think this is more than enough talent to be able to win gold they didn't do it and I, i'm i'm just tired of listening to you know people i respect just like well they didn't send over their a team like you know they didn't they didn't get the best it's like you don't need the best like you know just be smarter about it you still have the most fucking talent out there so it's annoying to me. Um, I just I just think the U.S. needs to be better. And you know what? Maybe, maybe they will be. I swear to God, if this if this doesn't work, like, so let, let's get into it now. So basically, I guess LeBron was, you know, petty watching the, the uh, FIBA World Cup and said, my time. I am here to assemble the Avengers. So he... So he apparently, according to sources, Shams has has uh, reported that he has already uh, contacted uh, KD, Steph, Tatum, AD, and Draymond. And also, uh, league sources are also saying uh, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker, Kyrie Irving, and Damian Lillard are all seriously com- committing to, or all considering uh, committing to the uh olympics for i think next year yeah next year i mean it sounds great <laughs> finally some how would i say it there's some good players yeah yeah <laughs> like, like actual I'm, just, I, I'm sorry like you i don't know this does i mean sure you're sending over your 18 uh so i don't i don't even have the ages of the guys so you have like the the, the over 30 crowd of course you have like you know the KD, Steph, Draymond, and AD. They're I think AD is over thirty, and like Tatum's Tatum's a lot younger. And then you have like some youth with like Fox, Booker, and Kyrie and Dame. No, Dame's over thirty, but well, no, Kyrie's over thirty-two. But you shouldn't need this. But at least it gets some people to shut the fuck up for the for a bit and just say like, oh, next year, like you know, guys like LeBron, KD, and Steph, like they're gonna be on the team. You are definitely winning gold, right? Right. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, we'll have to see. Honestly, I, I 
like look this is probably like almost like espionage for me i hope i hope they lose and just get a real loud fucking awakening where yeah it's not just the talent you, you can't maybe it's the coaching i don't even think it's the coaching because you got some damn good coaches you got kerr and like you know you can you can have your doubts about kerr oh he doesn't have curry anymore so he's not a good coach anymore you have Spolstra on the team like Spolstra is not a bad coach we've seen it so like it's just I don't know what it is. They they just don't play together very well. Like, so may, maybe like the talent will just overwhelm everyone in the world. And, you know, like there could be wild cards like Joel Embiid, who apparently could be playing for the French team. But, you know, Rudy Gobert might have something to say about it. Yeah. But mm -hmm. so like that might actually push him to the U.S. because he can also play for the U.S. Really? How does that work, though? So he's a he's a citizen for both U.S. and uh, uh and France because he he speaks French, which is really cool. Mm. So like he's a citizen in both countries, and he he basically can choose whoever he wants to play with. He he's technically a a world free agent. Mm, that's interesting because so far he hasn't played in any Olympics. Well, you know, he's always injured during the playoffs. <laughs> you know, not not to be a dick about it, like. Even gonna play? Is he even gonna play? Like, you know, Jokic is out of the question. Um, like, you know, so even some bonus is out of the question. So, you, you know, the the Americans like they might be, they might be reach, they might be like this might be one of their last gasps to like really get credibility within the world. But at the same time, it's it is just the FIBA World Cup. It's not it's not the Olympics. Hell, I don't even really care about the Olympics. Like. You know, do we really care that LeBron has what two or three? Like, I don't even know the number of gold medals that he has. Like the great, the greatest American of all time, Carmelo Anthony. You know how how many gold medals does he have? We don't. We never talk about him. Like, and, you know, it's just and like this is actually pretty amazing. Rudy Gay is one of like the best Olympic players of all time in terms of <laughs> records. So it's just one of those things where. It doesn't really matter, but it is a topic to talk about during the summer. And again, LeBron is is basically, you know, assembling the Avengers along with a, a few other young guys that can supplement them. And you know, we'll see what happens. I like again, it it shouldn't be this hard, but the U.S. for some reason make it this hard. What you call it? I mean, can't forget about two thousand four Olympics. Am I right? Um, but. I told you mentioned Rudy Gay because I remember him. I, I want to say it was a tweet or something saying that we should have probably done some tryouts or some what for the players who actually want to participate versus, you know, just throwing out a bunch of hoopla and uh, making up something out of that. I mean, sure, he has a point. Maybe they didn't do tryouts, but the reality is people don't really want to play for the World Cup. And you know, there's just something <laughs> like I don't know if this is actually a problem, but like with how every single country like they just have these players that are just so that all of a sudden like you know average to like bench warmers all of a sudden turn into like turn into like monsters. Like for example, Dennis Schroeder, like he's an off the bench guard in the NBA. He's not like he's like, and then he plays for Germany. He's damn near like fucking Allen Iverson out there. All of a sudden. And like, it's just one of those things where it seems like they take a lot of pride playing for their country. And I'm not saying like these guys are, you know, like anti-American or anything, but like there doesn't seem to be a lot of American pride. It's more the like, it's almost more like 
yeah, these guys just do it just so they can say they did it. If, if you get if you get what I mean. Yeah, I could see. Um, I guess the reasoning behind that, but yeah, I mean, really, nothing much comes out of this other than you know the gold medal. Um, I guess exposure to some degree. Again, and ultimately, it's almost like people just say they did. Like, it's more for like these players to say that they did it, just to say that they did it. Like, is Dennis Schroeder really going to be? Well, he he will be because he's a dick. Because he he'll be, like, is he really going to be flexing his gold medal and like pretending that's that's something? Like, don't get me wrong, it is something. It's and it's more than any any anything that will ever do. For example, but like in NBA circles, is he really going to like? It's like, let's just say. Let's say he gets into an argument with Pascal Siakam. Like Siakam's gonna bring up, I'm a fucking champion. I I torched Draymond Green in the NBA Finals. And is Dennis Schroeder really gonna say, I beat the shit out of Austin Reeves? Like, it's not, <laughs> real, it's not really something to brag about. That's just me. Um, we'll see what happens next year. Like, like Lord knows, like, is LeBron gonna be able to play? Like AD, like, very much could be the center that the that the USA needs. Like Jaron Jackson proved he, this man cannot rebound for some reason. Like AD, like you, like is AD going to be healthy enough to play? And like it's just like again, the guys that are LeBron are recruiting, like the names that were listed, four out of five are like on the downhill trajectory for the most part in terms of age. Like they're in their mid to they're in their mid thirties, and like in LeBron's case, like he's pushing forty. Like there's a lot of old guys, so like I don't know if it's really gonna. It might sound good to bring these the best players out there, but I don't know how it's going to work. Well, yeah, like I said, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, I'm just assuming if we are going to bring out these uh, players, we better prove a point, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so we, we mentioned his name, but we haven't talked about him. But like, you know, Fox, the, where does Fox fit into all this? You know? Like I, I thought, like he, you know, like Fox could be very interesting on Team USA. He, he, he kind of, he like, I don't want to say snubbed them before, but like, you know, he, you know, he didn't, he didn't make that. He didn't go to the uh, was the World Cup in I think it was twenty nineteen or no twenty eighteen, and apparently, like Team USA does kind of take that kind of stuff to heart, and you know, it's. It might be tough for him to make it back in. And that's before you get into kind of the names like Steph, Dane, Kyrie, Fox. Like he's probably number four on that list, like in terms of just name recognition, unless he blows up th- this uh, this season and, you know, really makes a name for himself. But like he's kind of he's on an uphill climb in terms of trying to just make the team, if you know, barring injury of some sort. Yeah, it's. It'll be tough, yeah. It, like you said, if um, all those names uh, come out before him, I mean, he's definitely going to be what, yeah, probably third or fourth option at best if they all do go over. But I mean, we'll have to see, I guess. Uh, other than that, I mean, I got to say, he might be the best defender out of all those guards, not going to lie. Oh yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like you might you're gonna need your guards to play defense. Like, I mean, look at Austin Reeves. Like he was very good on offense, but like got barbecue chicken on on defense. And and like Fox, Fox would fare a little better. And 
look, look, I, I love Fox. For those for the Kings fan there, like saying if he plays like in the World Cup, the the USA wins gold. Look, I look, I love Fox. I don't know, man. I really don't know that he makes much of a difference. It's more of the way that they played that troubled me more than anything. Like it just things just don't fit. And him and Anthony Edwards kind of redundant if you have them on the same team. That's just me. Yeah. I'd say it'd just be good a good ex like personal experience for all these players to, you know are uh new in that sense i guess you could say i mean most of the players that are in the fiba cup if you know they were to go to the olympics i mean they're all pretty much yeah i want to say all like new in terms of uh in that sense i guess you could say i mean like again as you just mentioned like just to just to get the experience so like again it's more of like to say that it's to do something or like this is just more of something you can say that you did more than it is like to actually win something that is gonna like you know be on your resume, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to have a uh, you know a player from the Kings again to play in the Olympics. I mean, the very last one being Cousins back in Brazil didn't do much. <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, he he, he didn't any playtime at all well he really. got some but he was he just it didn't fit very well i thought but I, I don't even remember that that era that much but even look back at that team like, like you had Kyrie, you had harden you had steph you had clay like all were up and coming and you know it, like sure you i guess it's just more talent like they had incredible talent on that team but again and i don't know why they made things as difficult as they did like it, it was a young ad too let's not forget that was a really nasty team but like you really need to send that over to be fucking fucking Daniel Tice and <laughs> Dennis Schroeder. Like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Oh. Uh, yeah. And last thing I'll say, shout out to Mikel Bridges for that game tying three against uh, Canada. That was a pretty amazing play. You, you just wish they could have closed it out. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? US uh, team USA. Uh, not really. I mean, probably in the coming weeks, we'll know more in that sense, I guess. But as of right now, we're, we'll just put that on hold until the Olympics does come around, I guess. Why would we ever talk about Team USA after this? It's, it's I, I don't know. <laughs> like the least interesting thing, in my opinion. But I mean, know, I, I'm like, what what will come out? Like, oh, well, guys didn't like each other? <laughs> like, what will come out? But yeah. Anyways, this will be the last time we talk about Team USA for a while because once the season starts, ain't nobody gonna give a shit that we didn't win a fucking medal at all. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know, shout out to shout out to Canada winning bronze and Jordy Fernandez getting a bronze medal. Congratulations. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they're gonna get Jamal Murray, so that's gonna be very interesting. Like, you know, the USA is gonna probably get get the the you know assemble the event the you know the basketball version of the avengers but you know like you guys have got you do have some competition out there and if they don't get their shit together they will lose in the olympics because you know Jokic is gonna play for serbia bogey's amazing it, uh, bogey's amazing in in uh in the olympics just yeah you got a lot of competition like you gotta bring your a game not just your a talent you gotta bring your a game together mm -hmm. Okay, well, since you have nothing for Team USA, and again, we will not talk about Team USA for a while, despite your insistence, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, 
So uh, we both listened to the Deuce and Mo episode on Rosay, uh, with Rosay and De'Aaron. And it was a very fun conversation. Like I, I, re I really enjoyed like what like Rosay and um, Fox just talking about the game and talking about like how they met and just, you know, the experiences. What was the thing that stood out the most to you in the, in the uh, interview? I did like how Rosay uh, had a lot of talking points uh, <laughs> during the interview. Like, I mean, Fox, you know, had his own point of view, but I mean, with Rosay being there with Fox pretty much like almost 24-7, almost every single game. And, you know, of course, you know, mostly at the home games. But I mean, as well as uh, traveling with Fox, too. I, I didn't know you know, she traveled with Fox that much, to be honest. Um, I mean, they're pretty, how I say it, pretty tied uh, tightly. I guess that's the saying. I don't know. <laughs> well, they're married. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This probably should be. But no, I get what you mean. Like, Rasay is a real basketball head. Like that, that is an incredible, that is just, that must be just so awesome to have someone like that to talk, you know, hoops with your, you know, your significant other, like that is a drink that is like, you know, men, a lot of, a lot of men will say like, oh, I want, I want the hottest girlfriend with the best personality. No, I want, I want to talk. I want to talk dribble pitches with her. I want to talk like, you know, like running, running like 25 up 25 side, like running out of, talking out of bounds plays. Like, that's the dream. That's the real dream. But like, um, like a girl that can do that, that is a, that is incredible. And that's what De'Aaron has. Like he, he has basically, you know, a best friend that can talk hoops and also like be, and also be your significant other, like to be able to hold, hold you accountable. It's just, a, it, it really is just like having a, a, basically a soulmate. Like it feels like they're almost like made for each other. Yeah, pretty much. I I forgot how they met though. It was they said in Vegas, um, and like it was just one of those things where they didn't know each other that well, but they didn't know of each other. And then like uh, I think we're saying like DM De'Aaron is like you just gonna ignore me like that? And then like wait, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um. So and then like they just yeah they just started like really vibing after that. So. Yeah, really, really happy that they found each other. Like again, it just feels like they're soulmates. Yeah, pretty much. I now I remember. I think they, well, of course, Fox was playing with Harry, and Harry knew Rosay. I think at the time, um, this was what back in twenty seventeen or eighteen. I think. Yeah, summer league. So yeah, some something something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So like. Again, we'll, we'll talk about like Rosé's kind, Rosé's like basketball background. I was just really fascinated. Like she worked as a player development like personnel, and even like dabbled in some front office stuff with like Bob Myers, like being in the meetings and like talking about who to trade, who to draft. Like, and then she talked about also her her dad was as a coach, and of, of course she played and she just knows the game, and it's just it's just really amazing. Like she is a real like hooper. And again, it just feels like, you know, as as a as a you know, a basketball head like De'Aaron is, of course, like you just couldn't ask for anything better. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she got a pretty good gig uh, just working up in the whatchamacallit, what where is player development, right? I think during college, I wanna say when uh, she did she it did say intern, so I think so. Yeah, while she was I 
what you call point for Cal actually, yeah, Cal uh, women's basketball, which she transferred from from I believe somewhere in Houston, I think University of Houston or something like that. I I think she said she went to three universities. Yeah. So, and I think she said she was doing her masters at at Cal. And, yeah, which so is like that's really really amazing stuff. Yeah, the the way she explained how she went to work in the morning, all day working with the coaches, and going back to Cal to do her masters and doing homework at night and what you call it, pretty much clockwork orange. Next day, same old thing. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, this is definitely just just a real hard worker. Again, just a real gem. She's she's really fun. she's a really fun follow on Twitter too. I have her on notifications. Mm. Um, but another amazing thing, uh, when she went into labor, apparently she was in labor for 22 hours, and apparently, uh, when when De'Aaron was told about it, uh, she you know of course he he went he got on a plane to go see her to be with her. And apparently he stopped by, to, he stopped on the way to get raisin canes and ate and actually ate in the room. I, I'm not sure if it's the operation room or like in the, in like the hospital room where like she's resting, but he did go, he did stop to get raisin canes because he's really into raisin canes, apparently. I mean, that boy was hungry. I mean, it was literally after a game flew to what, Houston? I want to say it was so I think it her water broke when they landed in Indiana because that was oh. the first game that Fox missed and then it, I think she gave birth like around the time no no so Fox was gone in the New Orleans game and I remember this game very vividly because we are the Kings got their ass handed to them by New Orleans in New Orleans in New Orleans and there was a lot of fan ritual, and they brought it up in this episode. Like, you had people that were going at Fox about, like, why isn't he at the game? Like, why does he have to be with his wife? Yeah, like, I just remember just being really pissed at the people who said that. Although, to be fair, I only saw, like, one or two that said that, but that kind of, that shit kind of sticks. And, yeah, like, they got a lot of fan, they got some fan ritual for, you know, him, her having a baby, <laughs> like, literally. Yeah, I mean, luckily... Real winners in life, by the way. Real yeah. fucking winners. Social media is not a real place, so... <laughs> Just gotta ignore those haters. Yeah, it was it was some really nasty stuff, but... Yeah, so just 22 hours in labor is, again, just an incredible woman, like Rissé is. Um, um, moving on, like, Fox and Rissé really hyped up a lot of Keegan... Um, about how he's uh, opened up his personality and that you know like they really expect a lot from him so you know I, I I'm really looking forward to what Keegan looks like of course number one I think is looking as looking at or trying about looking at what uh, Sasha looks like and but I think Keegan is going to be the key going forward for the Kings I mean by the way they described it and especially seeing it from um the California classic. I mean, he's, he's really opening up to uh, taking shots for himself. And uh, hopefully we see a lot more uh, stuff like that uh, in his actual game, because, um, you know, sometimes he does disappear at moments, but when he does get the ball, I mean, he makes up for <laughs> that much time out of it. Like the, my big thing is if he can make it so like look it's a it's a big ass for for a guy like Keegan but like if he can become like the Kings' third best player like or like fourth best player 
now you push guys down down the line. Now Kevin Herter is being guarded by the fourth best defender on the team. And like he can go to work. Or like, you know, even in the best case scenario, get getting Harrison Barnes like a like a, a munchkin, for example. Like, for example, like they guarded Keegan with Jordan Poole, like for for a, for like a game or two. And key and that was the game where Keegan went off. It's like, you're gonna guard me with fucking Jordan Poole. <laughs> that is that is disrespectful. <laughs> Now imagine like you can't do that anymore. Now Jordan Poole has a guard, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is cooking Jordan Poole. And like they're going to give Harrison Barnes the ball and he's going to go to work. Like if you can just like push guys like down, like down the pecking order and, you know, make it make a better defender defend you, that makes things so much easier on your team. And that's what I'm looking forward to where you cannot guard Keegan with the worst, with with your worst defender anymore. Like Tyler Hero, for example, you're not guarding him with Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson anymore. Mm. Yeah, I guess we shall see how much his game improved then. Yeah. Um, so Fox also talked about after you know losing in the playoffs in the first round uh, in seven games to uh, Golden State, he didn't watch the rest. He didn't watch the rest of the playoffs other than some of Boston, Miami in the finals. He had a little bit of just not is like he, he he needed some time he needed some time off just to unwind and he just could not watch uh, the playoffs which i thought was interesting hmm. i mean to be fair he didn't miss much so <laughs> you know pretty much yeah i mean i guess if you wanted to watch all the denver playoff games i mean actually never mind it's <laughs> it's pretty i would say not too eventful i guess i mean like I wouldn't say too eventful, but like I didn't think the Suns had a chance against them. And I mean, they they made it competitive and like they made things just look so easy. And then the East is just a bit of a mess. Like after the Heat knocked out, uh, knocked out the Bucks, it was, there wasn't much after that. Like Boston goes down 3 0 and just about comes back. But other than that, yeah, after, after, I mean, after the Kings and Warriors series, it was, it was, it definitely wasn't as exciting. Like you can, re- like, I was a bit skeptical of this, but people were saying like the Kings versus the Warriors may have been the best series in, in last year's playoffs. And I mean, like it's hard to come up with another one that was that competitive and that fun. Yeah. I mean, especially for um, any other series during that year, but uh, yes, I guess it is hard to say. I mean, that Boston Miami series was fun for uh, maybe two or three games i'd say <laughs> depending on which i guess but it was but it went but it went down to 3-0 or like or like miami went up 3-0 and of course like they did come back but it was more of like just the slog more than anything for me just i don't know it, it wasn't that fun for me yeah but then again i don't have the emotional investment that that i have like in kings versus warriors so you know i'm biased there mm-hmm um, but but anyways, back to the topic. Um, this is what this was really interesting that we're saying. Uh, De'Aaron brought up, like they say that Sabonis is one of the best screeners in the league, and that he hits guys on screens. And he even talked about like some sometimes like when um, Sabonis was in Indiana, like he would hit De'Aaron really hard on a screen. But this is the thing that really makes it interest makes it interesting. Sabonis apparently will like. Look, this sounds a little weird when I say, but like he he makes sure he touches everyone to make sure everyone feels appreciated and feels involved. Like 
and talks about just his leadership on the team. Now, it's not definitely like, you know, the, for a long time, the Kings, like us, us Kings fans, and even like some guys in the media is like, the Kings don't have a leader on this team. And, you know, they just don't have that, you know, unifying voice, that guy that everyone listens to and brings everyone together. And just hearing Fox talk about like what Sabonis does, like he, he touches everyone to make sure everyone feels appreciated. Apparently, it's something that Steve Nash used to do very well. And it's something that apparently like Tim Duncan, uh, um, Mike Brown mentions that Tim Duncan does and that Steph always does. They just have this calming influence without having to be, you know, very vocal, even though like Sabonis is a vocal leader. But he also like understands the little things you do at, you do as a leader to bring everyone together. And that's that's really interesting to me, like what Sabonis does for this team. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie. I thought Fox would be that kind of um, guy, uh, you know, coming up in, like, you know, these type of years of uh, during his career. But, I mean, luckily, I guess we have Sabonis now. I mean, another guy that I thought would have been the step-up guy would have been, I guess, Tyrese in a way. But, I mean, we know what happened after that. <laughs> like, my thing with... De'Aaron's leadership he's not the guy that's vocal and like you know will deliver the big speech or like he, he's not the Draymond Green he's not the emotional equilibrium type I always thought he was a more of a complimentary leader where like he's gonna be behind the scenes like you know talking guys up and like you know telling guys what they need to do but he's not the unifying voice and and like it, it's just it's just like personality like you can't fake that kind of stuff and you you know, you either are or you aren't. And it's really good, like, Sabonis came came along. Like, just, he is that guy. Like, you, you see him, like, talk to, like, talk to guys like Keegan a lot and talk to Davion and just everyone and just, you know, just being that voice out there. And it's something that the Kings have always looked for. And, yeah, again, like, we've known this for a while, but, like, it, but, you know, it just seems like Sabonis is, like, a power over the team like goes beyond what he just does for them on the court i mean yeah i mean this team in general i feel are more close-knitted than most other teams in my opinion then again i mean we, we follow the kings pretty closely we know how these guys um act with each other but i mean this is a pretty solid um team in terms of uh vibes yeah vibes like companionship i mean even chemistry yeah yeah chemistry yeah and uh especially when they mentioned like trey lyles i mean they really wanted him back and trey lyles really wanted to come back <laughs> and thank god we got him back yeah like it really was a team that like i think even terrence davis before like before he left like talked about is like never been in a situation where like everyone was like you know trying to play for each other and you know credit to mike brown for creating that environment and you know you have the players they all wanted the same thing they wanted to win they were having fun and everything just came together and like a lot of like look it's not always one person but like you know you have mike brown setting the foundation you have a perfect you know catalyst again, that unifying voice, that's a bonus. And then you have like De'Aaron also growing in his leadership. Like if you don't, if you remember like in game four, when, when uh, Draymond checks back in after stomping, after stomping on, 
uh Sabonis first thing he does hits hits Keegan square in the face with his hand and somehow doesn't think it's a foul who, who steps up De'Aaron is the one that you know jaws with with uh Draymond and get and, you know they get double text but like he's growing as a leader and so just everything just came together and like let's not forget Malik is the vibes guy on the team like he is the outgoing guy he is the guy that you know brings the fun and again everything just came together mm -hmm. so yeah just really interesting stuff and you know hopefully everything just carries over to, to next season and hopefully like everything's just better and like just talk just listening to them talk about it like you know you just can't hope but you can't help it but get excited yeah, I mean, each and every season from here on out, I mean, all you all you could really do is get even more excited. And this is not like, you know, like from last offseason where like we projecting like these great hopes. Like we actually have a little bit of a have a little bit of a sample to go off of. And that's different. So let's hope they carry everything over. And yeah, I'm very excited to see how like Sasha fits into this on the court and just. Like if if those vibes are actually carryable over, if that makes sense, because maybe it's just like a lightning in the bottle type thing. But who knows? Like I hope I hope it's something very sustainable. Mm, oh yeah, I guess um, when the season does come closer, we should have our uh, predictions by then. We yeah, we definitely will. Um, well yeah, once like training camp starts, uh, I, I'll, I'll have a I have a plan for that. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, to close out the Kings section, um. Daniel Lee on YouTube, he he does videos on just the NBA in general, and just he breaks down the game very well in terms of an X's and O's, like what plays are run, what kind of schemes are run by teams. He did a 40-minute video on just about every single scheme that you can think of that was run during the Kings and Warriors series. He goes through all seven games, and it's a great, it's a great video. Like if like if you want to like just really relive everything now you might not want to because the king's lost but like in terms of just like dissecting like what kind of schemes adjustments and just game plans that that the kings and warriors are running that is the video to watch it was an incredible video just get show him some love if you're a king's fan you need to watch this and that includes you fall <laughs> yeah just send me the video and i'll be supporting. bitch go find it hey, go search <laughs> on youtube i ain't gotta send it to you all right all right uh just to finish up some nba news uh christian wood signs with the lakers for two years minimum deal with a second year player option so yeah your favorite player in the world finally gets signed <laughs> uh i'm just i was just wondering all this time is he is this guy gonna get signed because i don't i don't think he's terrible but he's a good player he's a good player let's not get that twisted he is yeah. good it's just something about him that that like teams do not like and I didn't see too much negatives back when he was in Dallas, but I mean, especially a guy like him not being able to be signed anywhere for all this time up until now, that, I mean, that strikes a lot of concerns. Like you said, there's not a lot of negative, not a lot of positives either. Like, let's not forget, they didn't, granted, not really his fault, but they didn't miss the playoffs. And one of the reasons was he was the replacement for Jalen Brunson. So yeah. You know, 
It's tough. I, like the the main thing I keep hearing is that he's not a winning player, and you can kind of see it. Like he's not a guy that plays defense. He's not exactly a good rebounder by any means, but he can shoot, and he is a like a a modern big that can you know shoot threes and attack the closeout. But he's not a guy that protects the rim. He doesn't play much defense, and just is overall just a very he's just a guy that exists out there to get stats, but doesn't really do that much to help you win. Yeah, and he was coming off the bench, or I'm I'm just gonna say to assume he's gonna be coming off the bench for the Lakers. Uh, yeah, probably. Like I can see a world where like he starts with AD, but that, I don't know. I think Jackson Hayes is probably gonna be the five. Like, granted, that's actually gonna be tricky with AD because AD is not really a shooter. So maybe he will start next to AD, and like AD can be the rim protector behind him and whatever defensive shortcomings like you have the best defender in the league like protecting you so it's a it's a great signing for the for the for the lakers like you know on a minimum no less like they've been they've had a really good summer like he is a guy that could theoretically work with the kings but theoretical in capital letters you know you know he can shoot threes and like he's long he can play alongside Sabonis. But again, there's something always about him. But because the uh, Lakers signed him to a minimum, like if, if he doesn't work out, they can just bench him. It's not a big deal. Yeah, pretty much. And luckily it is for a minimum because I don't actually thought it would have been a little more than that, to be honest. Because what was his uh, contract before? It was three years, 40 million, I believe. Which, I mean, during that time, it wasn't bad. But <laughs> after seeing how much um, time has passed for him to not be signed, I mean, yeah, a minimum is just about right. Yeah, I I am also kind of confused why it took so long. Like, you would think a team would take a chance with him. Like, you know, Charlotte got some money. Like, San Antonio, well, San Antonio probably doesn't want him because they know he's a head case. So, like again, low risk, high reward um, signing for the for the Lakers, and yeah, like I think he'll he'll be he'll be great. Like if Jackson Hayes doesn't work out, they can put him in. If you know if if he doesn't work out, they can just sub in Jackson Hayes. And you know who you know who's actually going to start next to AD? It's going to be Rui Hachimura, I think. So I don't think he'll start. Hmm. Yeah, but they signed you know Hachimura to a big contract, and man, if, if they're going to start Wood. Like that Hachimura contract has gone very wrong. I mean, I personally, I I love Rui, so he's a good, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah, I I expect Rui to get most of the play time over Christian Wood any day. So yeah, um, just interesting signing was very interesting with that he st- that he was just kind of like you know wandering the wilderness for a while. Like I'm really I really want TD to get signed by Miami now. Like uh, the word is they're waiting on the Dame stuff to kind of clear out, but like it's it does stun me that TD is not signed. Like he's a he's he's a small wing, but like he's a guy that can play a two or the three, and he that fucker will shoot, and he's solid on defense. Like it's I don't get it. Like you know, like there's there are a lot of other guys that have contracts that I don't understand, but TD TD needs a contract out there. Oh yeah, and it's too bad that we probably won't get back at all 
no we don't have enough roster spots at this point yeah. like uh, like i mean transitioning to the next topic like i should have had this in the king section but um so james ham tweeted out that uh um unless some something unforeseen happens javel and alex len will likely be the backup centers um going into the season which basically leaves one two-way uh, roster spot open after that so more than likely if if things go to plan namias Keda and uh who's the other guy um god damn it noel uh will probably be cut before uh the end of training camp which is yeah which is too bad but i'm assuming we're going to be able to keep uh namias Keda um in the Stockton kings right well that's the that's the part that's the tricky part like he did not want to come back on a two-way and like the rumor is the two-way is is good is like there's a good chance it goes to jordan ford because like just as a third point uh like a third point guard type thing hmm i see ah dang yeah that's tough um i mean I remember a while back, I think it was it you that mentioned that maybe Portland wanted to take a chance on Kata. I think, yeah, I think there was a rumor now that you mentioned it. So I mean hopefully Kata finds somewhere if it if it isn't with, you know, the Kings organization and Nerlands. I mean it's great theoretically at the time, but after getting Javel, I mean yeah, <laughs> things kind of fell apart, I guess you could say. I mean, like, Javel is, is like, you know, an actual legit, like, M- rotation center. Uh, you know, uh, he, Kata showed some stuff in Summer League. That's very intriguing. But I, like, the thing I keep kind of co- going back to is, like, he still is very unpolished. And he's very, his body is, ju- it just feels like he, his body is basically like a arm flailing, like, was it w- wacky waving inflatable tube man. Like every time he gets hit, it just feels like, you know, his arms just start flailing everywhere. And like, he still needs a lot of work, but I, he's a guy I don't want to give up on. Like if it costs you Jordan Ford, uh, like, you know, I'm willing to like, if he's willing to take it, let's just give him the two way if possible. I don't know how the rules work. Like they did sign him to a, a, a standard non-guaranteed contract. I don't know if he's eligible for a two way anymore, but like, I, I'm willing to I'm like if he's willing to come back on a two-way like let him come back on a two-way let him get mentored under uh JaVale McGee but I also do get the other side it's like it's his third year and he still hasn't shown that much he's still not really a rotation level big like what are we doing so but I, I lean more towards keeping him yeah I mean we'll see how it goes about but it's really his choice I guess to whether or not to uh except the fact that he may just have to be a two-way for now i mean honestly i mean if a dame trade go goes goes down like yusuf nurkic is likely not going to be on the team so Mm. you know they'll they'll need a they'll need a center and you know like go go over there like they're not going to be playing for shit for a while (laughs) like if they trade they trade for if they trade dame so you know, like you know, just wait, wait for the right opportunity. I'm pretty sure he'll find a landing spot if, if the Kings don't work out. Oh yeah, definitely would be a good, um, I guess, uh, experience for him, especially if he does get the play time. Okay, uh, so let's uh, let, let's let's move over to football. Um, your 49ers 
like they they had a very very good game uh last night so you know talk talk about your thoughts i mean <laughs> what is there to talk about other than they destroyed the Pittsburgh hey maybe you should talk about that you know yeah <laughs> i mean pretty much destroyed them um i mean brandon Ayuk looks pretty nice i'm not gonna lie i mean with the 49ers offense it's for to me it's like you never know who's gonna be popping off and i mean today was or that day was brandon Ayuk and uh, christian mccaffrey so seems like christian mccaffrey has you know fully become the you know a running back for you know pretty much almost every single snap i feel <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, it was a good game, a uh, great watch. Um, Steelers felt like they didn't really have an answer on either side of offense or defense, not going to lie. I mean, like, from what I – from at least from what I heard, Brock Purdy looked really good. Brandon Ayuk looked amazing. Like, he was a lot of people's uh, MVP for the game. Mm-hmm. And, the yeah, the 49ers, they looked like Super Bowl contenders. Like, and they're – they're in for like they're in for a big year like they are expecting to make the super bowl right and this is a real this is a really good start at least that's what i've read i mean let's hope so i mean within the next i I don't know i don't remember how um the nfl money works in uh terms of uh whatchamacallit signing people to extensions because we're we're gonna need to give money to Purdy somehow and we just signed Boza to uh, but you guys uh, still have like you still have you guys still have one more year after this year right uh before you have to extend him he's on like a really cheap contract right well yeah was it one million because I mean sadly yeah sadly he was a light pick um, but I mean, he deserves the money, um, for whatever it's worth, because I mean, we are paying a lot of guys, lots of money already. Uh, like I said, I don't know how the cap space or how the money works in, within the 49ers, but all I could say is we're paying lots of guys, lots of money. <laughs> yeah. What were your thoughts on the Bosa situation? I know that holdout was a big uh, topic for a while. I, I just don't understand. I mean, he's, in my opinion, a generational defender. Um, so why not pay him the money? Now, people would say that it's a lot of money. I tend to kind of disagree. <laughs> I mean, for a guy who does what he does, you got to pay him the money. And, you know, I, I want to say this is the most amount of money paid by uh i believe it is yeah the bet the highest uh, amount pay, paid to a defensive player ever i forgot who the other guy is it's i want to say aaron, aaron don yeah aaron, aaron mcdonald no aaron donald yeah aaron donald sorry yeah so i mean that was uh quite a few years back already for that um whatchamacallit record so i mean I gotta make a new record i guess since you know Money is flowing in for the NFL, which, I mean, they're they're making a lot more money than I have expected for compared to like other leagues around the world. Yeah, you'll never hear me taking the side of the ownership in terms of getting guys money. 
Like, like the people who are like saying, well, this guy doesn't deserve that kind of money. It's like, well, even if you don't think the guy deserves it, that's the market going right for these guys. Like he, like he, he will get paid what, what the market dictates and the market dictated that he is going to what earn like 40 million a year. I think it was, was it 120 million guaranteed or something like that? Possibly even more uh yeah something like that i mean just hearing 170 over five years for any defensive player but like i said this guy deserves all the cash <laughs> that we give him um that's a lot of money i mean if you compare it to like an nba player who you know doesn't get smacked around like uh nfl players does i mean that's that's pretty low <laughs> you know it's always very schizophrenic to me how sports works is that the more dangerous the sport is the less you get paid like so you have basketball like like let's be honest not a dangerous sport for the most part even if you get injured you're not gonna die like football there have been people that have died like that that's just the truth of it and then like and then so you have basketball then football and then like a bunch of other sports in between then you have like UFC where they get paid pennies compared to what, you know, they draw in terms of a sport. Mm-hmm. And most of the money goes to the, you know, the fucking promoters. It, it, that's just how life works. It's kind of how fucked up how this world works sometimes. But uh, yeah, yeah you'll, you'll never see me have any sympathy for ownership. Yeah, the NFL is earning however much money. It's more money than you can imagine. So like, you know, with that, you got to pay your players, the actual people that are earning you this money, not these rich assholes and in, in like, you know, in suits, like these rich owners who have billions of dollars and more money than they than they can even imagine what to do with. So, yeah, pay your players and shut the fuck up. Now, of course, I'm not a ri- I'm not a rich asshole, so I can't sympathize with the rich asshole. But until I'm a rich asshole, I'm going to I'm going to tell these assholes to go pay your fucking players. You've got the money. If you don't got the money, like, what the fuck are you doing as an owner? <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's not like the NBA where, whatchamacallit, it's 50-50, or how would they call it? 50% 50, goes to players. Split, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's like that in the NFL. I don't you know, know. It's not. Yeah, I don't know how the splits work in that sense. Plus, um, I mean, they also have to... Um, which McCall rely on uh, endorsements uh, from, you know, other brands, I guess you could say. So yeah, it's uh, not, not, not pretty, <laughs> I guess you could say. I mean, it is what it is. So like, you know, it, like, look, no, absolutely. Like Nick Bosa didn't do anything wrong. Like, sure. You might, sure. Like you hold out and like you, you, you lose some practice time, but look, you have one chance at this. You only get one shot, one opportunity. Like it's, you know, don't, you know, don't miss it. Like you, you only get one shot to get this kind of money. Get all the fucking money you can because, like, you, look, nope, not a lot of people. Like, not only you, not a lot of people get this kind of like chance to be able to earn this much money. Like, it's generational wealth. It's like, you know, the the next your their next generation, your kids, like they're gonna be well taken care of as long as you don't blow this money. So yeah, just take take the chance. And just earn earn the money, earn the security, and just be able be able to be able to live the rest of your life and never be poor again. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So um, you know that's uh, football talk. Uh, let's end this with uh, some wrestling talk. How about that? So uh, 
Daniel Bryan, I believe he did an interview. I forgot I forgot wh- which with who. But he basically is saying that he's going to be moving to a part-time role uh, later this year because, you know, the injuries are racking up and he wants to spend t- time with his family. And it was a huge, huge discussion point uh, on wrestling today. And, I mean, yeah, he should definitely be going into a part-time role. Like, I, like once you get to a certain age, especially like a guy that overcame the concussion um, issues that he had, like, don't don't tempt fate in, in terms of these kinds of injuries like you want to be able to re- live the rest of your life like happily comfortably and with the ones you love and it's like at a certain point you, you got to step back and just take it a little easy but like you know these guys are psycho so so it's like tough to do that but i'm, I'm glad to hear that he's taking a part-time role that being said, he was basically on a part-time role anyways because he keeps getting fucking injured like every every month or so. So like he basically wrestles like once every two or three months anyways. So this is nothing. This nothing has changed. Nothing's gonna change probably. <laughs> also, we're talking about like a super part-time role. I mean, like maybe appear twice a year. You know, for the longest time, I didn't even notice that Undertaker was a part-timer. Like it was right around turn of the decade, like in 2010 was Mm. right when he became a part-timer. And I never noticed that he was a part-timer. I just thought like, like, of course he didn't wrestle every week, but he would every now and then wrestle, but he was on, he's been on a part-time role. So it's like, yeah, just do that. Like you're, you're getting up there in age. Like I, like I, as a young kid, just straight up didn't even notice. And you know, your appearances feel more special. So like, once you get to a certain age, yes, you should definitely slow down. Yeah, especially with all the injuries that Undertaker partook <laughs> over well, how and, many and, years has he been in? Yeah, and Daniel Bryan now. Like, the, the, I mean, the man broke his forearm and was out for the out for all in. Like, and he just came back at all out. Like, Daniel Bryan gets injured a lot. It's just it's just the thing. He, he's getting to that age, and you know, before CM Punk got fired, like. It, I mean, it was a talking point, but it wasn't as much a talking point. The man actually broke like Taurus tricep and was gonna be out for like half a year anyways before the brawl. Like you know, once you get to a certain age, you're you're just more frail. Like your body has taken it's is taken too much, and it's telling you to stop doing this. So yeah, just take it easy and just take the part time job. You know, he he's gonna work behind the scenes and create it, which is a very good thing. He, He's been a very like strong voice in both WWE and AEW. So, look, I, I want to see my favorite wrestlers live a long life. Stop killing yourselves for the love mm. of God. Oh yeah. So, um, any any thoughts you want to share um, on this topic? Well, I mean, how old is he? Forty. It must be forty something by now. I want right? to say forty three off the top of my head. Let me check. I mean, that's already. In my opinion, it's forty-two. It's He's even younger. Wow. Oh wow! Okay, I mean, still, but I remember there was a joke from a friend saying that, "Hey, in your forties, you're in you're in a prime age for wrestling, pretty much, because you know all as these, a part timer, yes, as a part timer, yeah. But in reality, you probably sh- or these guys sh- probably shouldn't <laughs> go this hard." uh in the ring uh at that age especially and kind of have to you know what you know what the younger guys uh partake in um you know building something uh building some new stories uh to come on the way but 
I mean, yeah, by that age, I can't imagine um, the amount of uh, body stress or the stress that you put on your body um, just doing something that they love, which, you know, understandable. But yeah, like you said, at the same time, you, you just never know <laughs> if uh, one wrong move. I mean, it could end it all. Yeah, so like, yeah, D, D. Bry Bry just, well, Brian Danielson. I actually <laughs> called him Daniel Bryan to start this. I just realized people actually care about that. Some people care about really? that. I don't, I don't. I, I've actually still called him Daniel Bryan to this day. What's but his uh, government name, though? Daniel Bryan's or Brian Danielson. That's oh. actually his, his name. So, oh, I see. But, you know, like, again, just take it easy and just, you know, take like, just take a step back and just enjoy life is the only thing like yeah as you said like you know one wrong one wrong move one wrong bump can really just fuck up the rest of your life so just i get the adrenaline just just stop take it (laughs) take it easy oh yeah all right uh okay one last thing i just want to quickly talk about so i did talk about you i forgot like two whether it was last episode or two episodes ago so i was uh playing final fantasy 7 the remake just the remake and I was talking about doing the ultimate challenges and talking about what I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do it. But I gave it a try. In fact, I gave it quite a few tries. But after a while, I was finally able to beat the two ultimate challenges, one of them being the top secrets and the other one being the immaculate one. And if you don't know who that is, it's Weiss. If you don't know who that is, uh, I don't know what to say to you. Um, but yes, I managed to beat the ultimate challenges. So I, ha- I guess I am now, I guess, crowned as one of the few that actually managed to complete that challenge. And I will put this game down, although I just played it today, just again, but for shits and giggles. But yes, I, I do feel very proud of myself. I told you, you gave me a very uh, muted response. So <laughs> not going to bother asking you what your opinion is. I, I feel good about myself. And that's all that matters. I don't know if the mic is picking it up. I'm clapping for you. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, just I guess the I guess the message is to just you know, like some things can seem really intimidating, and this this like challenge is fucking hard. Even though some people on YouTube make it look easy as as can be, like this was a five essentially a five minute raid. Uh, if you want to like do, talk about it in like destiny terms, like you have to beat this boss within a certain amount of time, or you get wiped. It's really stupid. And like I, it took me a lot of tries, and uh, yeah, ultimately, like you just go on YouTube, look for a guide, and just do and just do your best to follow every single little advice, and you can definitely do it. So, yeah, just just uh, just yeah, don't don't ever be intimidated by like big challenges. Like you'd be surprised at what you're capable of, and is that is my motivational speech and monologue for this week. So. That's just one thing I did. What you call it? Would you say it's harder than Melania? It's up there. Like it again. It's condensed into five minutes. Melania, 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 whatever. Like th- that can take upwards of like maybe te- like ten minutes. But like no, it's it's not as fast. Pa- it's the uh, Final Fantasy. It's much more fast paced. That specific fight. Mm. And like every single split second matters. Not not to say like Elden Ring it didn't matter, but like I feel 
this is up there. Although it's hard for me to say it's actually harder than Melania, but it's a close second at that. Like it's mm. not, it's not that far off. Mm, I see. So, yeah, good, good on me. Fuck, fuck you very much. But uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, yeah, take, do like just don't. I guess don't give up. Like in the words of John Cena. Hmm. I uh, was about to say. Oh yeah, I was going to ask if you watched the Ana- yeah, Adesanya versus Strickland match. I did not. I actually missed it. Uh, but apparently, I mean, Strickland dominated Izzy. Which, wow. Like, I mean, yeah. The, I, I mean, the guy. The, I mean, Strickland got knocked the fuck out by I think Pereira. So I was surprised that Izzy just man, he just lost like really badly. Like, our well, I mean, granted, he didn't lose in round one, but that was a brutal knockdown and just. After that, it was it wasn't pretty. No, it was not. I personally didn't watch it either. I just saw the highlights because I, <laughs> yeah, I missed it. But um, yeah, from the highlights, I mean, dear God, that um, was it the first round or was it the second? Somewhere around there, where uh, Shuriken just knocked him down and kept on punching him. I'm like, dear yeah, that God, was, that was the end of round one and. Yeah, like, I was surprised the referee didn't call the bell, but, like, Izzy was defending. Like, he was kind of defending. He was getting the shit beaten out of him. He was, he was like, putting up a fight. So, I get it. Yeah, and too bad, you know, it did end in a decision, which rightfully so would have been Strickland's, uh, whatchamacallit, case. So, yeah, I mean, maybe next time, um, I'm assuming... There's going to be a rematch for the uh, for their belt back or his belt back. We'll see. The fans are actually really divided on whether or not it'll be a rematch. I think I think Dana White in the post in the post fight interview did say, yeah, he's probably going to get a rematch. Which I mean, yeah, he should get a rematch. I think like Az is a legit star, and maybe this is just one of the, his really bad fights. It happens, but you know. Like it's it was a very shocking result, and like it really does kind of cement like how I not fragile like championship runs are, but like it just what it really like sometimes you just you just don't have it, like you know, like nobody is perfect, but like you know, Joe Rogan talked about this on a on a, a podcast. Like, one great thing about MMA is like your story doesn't end when you lose. Like the the real story is actually in the comeback. Like you know, Izzy Izzy lost to Pereira, has lost the streak, but it doesn't mean like he's done. Like he came back and he knocked out uh, Pereira, and you know, like I think he, I think he can come back and like be um, honestly more prepared against Sean than the next fight. Like maybe this is a fluke. Maybe this is uh, you know, uh, Amanda Nunes versus uh, what's her name? Um, fuck, I forgot her. Forgot the chick's name. Not Holly, right? Not Holly. Uh, fuck, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, like, you know, like, um, Amanda Nunes, like, famously lost randomly to this one girl who wasn't even ranked that high, I think, in, mm. in the in the division. And then the second fight, she beat the shit out of her. Like, absolutely dominated the fight. So maybe, th- maybe that could be, like, the comeback. Who knows? But, like, that that's the beauty of MMA. Like, you can always come back. And as long as you come back strong, like, you know, your losses are essentially forgotten almost. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, unless somehow he loses again, then. Then that things, yeah, things get real shaky after that. Like at that point, it's really hard to get back to the title. Yeah. <laughs> but 
yeah like it, it it like that's the thing with mma like things just they just like i don't want to say they just happen but like like ones people that feel fighters that feel invincible at times all of a sudden could just completely lose it like kamaru uzman like winning all five rounds then just getting knocked the fuck out by leon edwards and all of a sudden he can't beat leon anymore like it, it's just it's it's re it's just one of it's the only like i mean granted like boxing can be kind of like that too it's like like combat sports it really takes that one one misstep and you might never be able to find your mojo back mm -hmm. well i guess we shall see with Anasanya. yeah okay anything else you want to quickly talk about uh trying to dig that reminds me i i need i do need to watch winning time <laughs> yeah i mean i've heard good things about it so i just have not had time to get around to it I mean, it'll, it'll still be there when, you know, you do watch. I mean, it's not like uh, if you miss an episode, you're not going to, you're missing a part of life. <laughs> it's, I mean, we, we all know what happened. It's just, you know, the story that they tell it in is uh, what's entertaining, I guess you could say. Yeah, I'll definitely get around to it at some point. I'm still fucking paying for HBO Max, even though I, I rarely use it, but. Yeah, I'll get around to it, and then we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. All right. If you have nothing else, uh, let's call it an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.